Hey guys, welcome back to Self Interrupted with me, Kit Costello, your host. We're on episode two. The pilot got picked up for a whole season. I'm so excited. Episode one was honestly, you guys, it was chaotic. I'm going to be real with you. I recorded that episode a good few times before it felt right. I did it with the trailer too. The trailer and the first episode to me were very important to get right because I wanted to get the essence of what Self Interrupted was going to be. So coming into episode two, I'm feeling slightly more chill and more put together. We're opening the book of Kit Costello Lore, which I'm so excited about. I want this to be a series throughout this podcast. That's the kind of goal. I don't know, maybe I'll do one like bi-monthly. Like this is a treat, you guys. So the Kit Costello Book of Lore is gonna be a little series where each episode of the said series, I'm gonna do a different chapter. I'm gonna delve into a different chapter. This episode being on my school experience. I went to an all boys Catholic rugby school. So you can imagine there's a lot to unpack from that, but we will get into that shortly. However, if you listen to the first episode of Self Interrupted, you will know that I like to do a little catch up, a little debrief of what's been going on in my week, just to talk for a bit and ease into the episode. So let's start off with the fact that Self Interrupted with Kit Costello charted. No, it's true. The way I did not expect it at all to chart. It wasn't even, I I wasn't thinking of it. If you follow me on Instagram, the day that the podcast was published on my Instagram story, I, you know, maybe I made an edit or a meme, some may say, of the Billboard Hot 100, but all the spaces were taken up by Self-Interrupted by Kit Costello. Haters will say it's fake. Haters will say it's fake. People may say that it was a manifestation because bitch, we actually did chart. And by the way, I found this out because I was looking up my podcast on Google to see if it was available on Google Podcast, which it is, so feel free to stream. I saw like a little clickable like linky thing and it said Kit Costello charts. And I was like, hold on, not the charts. So I clicked on it and then realized this, my podcast charted at number nine in Slovakia. What a slate. No, 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 no. The Slovakian listeners, you get it. No, you do. It then charted top 50 in Africa. It charted top 50 in Australia and then South Africa as well, I think. And it's charted at 135 on the charts in the UK. The way I have a top 10 Slovakian podcast right now, like, no, that is such a slay. Welcome back to the top 10 podcast, Self Interrupted with Kit Costello. I mean, it's kind of funny, but also like really cool. So thank you so much for streaming. What else happened this week? At the end of last week, I felt incredible burnout. I don't know if it was because of the release of the podcast. I've had it before where I've just gone from device to device. It's not like I'm doing it just to pass time. I'm doing it because my work is solely, you know, doing emails and social media, etc. But over the weekend, I said, no, Kit, you're gonna stop. You're gonna put an end to this and you need to have a little bit of a cleanse from social media. So I turned my phone off, I let it run out of charge and I didn't charge it up for the rest of the weekend. It's now Monday. I turned my phone on today. It's completely changed my relationship with social media, which is great. I was kind of going on TikTok aimlessly, kind of looking for inspiration, but then also just, you know, scrolling like you do. It just wasn't good or really healthy, to be honest, because I was just not looking after myself. I was just working too much online and I just need to take a step back. A little bit of advice for you. If you're feeling that same, you feel almost engulfed by social media and just screens, just turn them off for the weekend. And I think it's nice that it's just the weekend. So you can think that, oh, on Monday, it's a fresh start. Do you know what I mean? I love a fresh start. So during the weekend, famously, I wasn't on my phone. No, I wasn't. However, I was on my laptop watching a series called Motherland, which is basically 
about a cast of mums in the UK just being mums. It's so rogue, but I watched all three seasons. I watched it all within like two days. And now I know what you're thinking, Kit, you're doing no good for yourself. You said that you were engulfed by screens and now you're watching three seasons of Motherland. Like that doesn't really like check out, babe. These episodes, there's like six episodes a season and they're 20 minutes. You know, this isn't war and peace. I'm not sitting here for hours and hours and hours watching something. It's a 20 minute pick me up. It's almost like modern family kind of vibes. In other news, on Friday, I went to my friends and I made some pasta. Yeah, like one thing about me is if you invite me over to your house, I'm gonna cook for you. I was picking up the ingredients on the way to her house and I got a compliment in Waitrose. I haven't had a compliment in such a long time. So this felt incredible. I was scanning all my items through the self-checkout because girl, who uses the tills anymore? Like I'm at the self-checkout minding my business, you know? Basically I picked up one loose onion. If you have a loose onion, you have to get a separate barcode on a separate machine. So you weigh it out and stuff. I went to do that. I was just doing my thing. I was minding my business. And then I come back in this, this like, I would say she was, I don't know, late thirties, blonde, I feel like she could have had cheek filler, but she was like a good vibe. She tapped me on the shoulder. I was holding my onion and I look at her and I'm like, okay, what's going on? Like, do you want my onion? Because this is for my recipe, babe. Like, this is serious. And she said, oh, you're gorgeous. And I was like, oh shit, take this compliment. I'm really bad at taking compliments because I never know what to say. Do I then compliment them back? Am I saying, oh, you're beautiful too? But then is that kind of rogue of me, a 20 year old, to say that to like, a mid to late thirties woman. So yeah, I did. I said, no, oh my gosh, like you're stunning. Thank you so much. And then she said, oh, I'm only telling the truth. And then I was like, okay, so is this turning into a conversation? Do I go back to scanning my fruit and veg? Like, what do we do at this point? So I'm then looking at the screen, I'm about to pay. But then I'm thinking in my head, shit, do I, do I pay for her groceries? And then I thought, Kit, you're not paying for her food just because she said you look good. Like, do not do that. You are ridiculous. I didn't end up buying her shopping, but it comes to the end and I've bought my shopping now. My receipt's coming out and I'm thinking, I'm stressing at this point, you guys. She's still scanning. I'm thinking, Christ, have I, have I missed the opportunity of saying thank you? Thank you so much. I did say thank you. You look beautiful too. But like, what else? It was just kind of awkward. So I just thank her again as I walk out of the shop holding my groceries. I don't know what I was doing, but I just had to stop. I had to stop. I had to look forward. I had to put my headphones on and leave. Anyway, let's get into the first chapter of Kit Law titled School. I went to a all boys Catholic rugby school and I'm non-binary. So yeah, this was, it was tough for me. The reason I went to this school is because I have three brothers older and they all went to this school as well. So I think my parents just thought along the lines of like, you know, it's fair, Kit just needs to go to the same school. I guess that makes sense. So as I mentioned, it was a rugby school and all my brothers played rugby at this school. Some may say that they were a legacy. Okay, so I wanna talk about the rugby tryouts story. Yeah, no, you can imagine how bad it is. Picture this. I remember the teachers came to every class when we had just started this school. They knocked on the doors and they called out certain students' names. These students had basically written down that they wanted to be part of the rugby team. Let it be known, I did not write this down. I was trying everything but to be noticed, especially by, guess who, the rugby team. But because those rugby teachers knew that my brothers had played rugby at this school and were kind of known for playing rugby at this school, they call my name out. I'm sitting at the back of the class trying to mind my business. I get called out for rugby tryouts. Oh my gosh, I start screaming. No, I am. The next day we do rugby tryouts. The kids that are trying out for rugby are huge. Like 
I don't understand how 11-year-olds were six foot in year seven. I remember walking onto the field and we were playing, for some reason, the year 11s were there. I'm year seven, I'm playing against year 11s. It's torturous. Like, this is so bad. We were on the field now and we've just been playing. Bear in mind, I'm just running around as if nothing's happening. Like, I am trying my best to be ignored by these children. And then the teacher says, stop. Everyone stops, everyone freezes. And I'm just like, you know, minding my business. And he says, Kit, I say, what? And he says, we're gonna start with you. We're starting a new game. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, Christ, this is so bad. He throws the ball at me. I don't, I miss it. So I drop the ball, I pick it up. I can't really remember all the ins and outs of it, but I think he made me go onto one side of the pitch and all the rest of the year sevens who are trying out and the year 11s go onto the other side. And the task was, I was to run through all of these people and try and score a try. Is that what it's called? A try. Why? Why did I have to do this? I have no clue. He's like counting down. I'm thinking I'm never going to be able to do this. There's like, there's at least 20. These aren't children. These are men. These are grown men who have taken steroids. So I'm now running towards them and they're going in for tackles. I throw the ball up in the air and I run off the pitch. No one's touching me. So from that point on, the teachers knew what was up. Like I was not about to be part of the bloody rugby team. Just even if I was somehow like a legacy at rugby, I'm not waking up at 5 a.m. to get ready for a 6 a.m. game on a Sunday morning. But just because I wasn't part of the rugby team, doesn't mean that I could have gotten out of PE and games. So at our school, we had two physical activity lessons. I don't know if this is a normal thing in secondary schools. The PE teachers were honestly exactly who you would expect a PE teacher at an all boys Catholic school to be. And they did, they had no mercy. Girl, oh my gosh, there was a time, oh, I wasn't even gonna talk about this, but I've literally just remembered it. I almost broke my arm doing hurdles at school and he literally was like, oh, just go to just go to medical. He didn't even care. He didn't look at it. So how I did this was I'm kind of actually a sleigh runner. Like I love running and hurdles is kind of my bread and butter. Like I love jumping. I love running. Like this is my moment. No, it is. I don't know if I was trying to show off or anything. Maybe I was. And on the last hurdle, I flopped. No, I did. And I fell on my elbow. I remember like instant pain in my elbow. It was, it was, it was incredibly painful. Like to the point where I felt like I was gonna pass out. My vision went so bizarre. It looked like, you know how you edit photos and you can enhance the brightness? It was like that. The brightness had just been turned up and I couldn't see shit. Everything was just like glaring at me really, really bright. I didn't pass out and I also didn't have a broken elbow. I don't actually know what happened, but I remember it was really bad. Like I couldn't actually move it. It was locked in position. Anyway. So that's the story of the rugby tryouts and just the masculine energy I was facing at this school. Like it was bad for me, but not as bad as this next story. Let's get into the story about the time I was forced to sing in front of my whole year for a talent competition. Okay, picture this. It is year seven. Yeah, we're back in year seven. No, year seven was a bad year for me in school. Imagine, I'm thrust into an all-boys Catholic rugby school to then be chucked into rugby tryouts to now be forced to sing in front of my whole year. I'm screaming for myself in year seven. I don't know how I got through it. In year seven, I was taking singing lessons because famous thing at Mariana Grande. I was leaving music and I guess the music teacher had caught wind of the fact that I was now 
an iconic singer. Mm -hmm. I walk out of the room and he says, so Kit, what are you gonna perform at the talent competition? And I said, perform? Girl, I'm sitting back and I'm relaxing. I'm watching the children perform. Like this is my day off. And he was like, well, no, you do singing lessons, right? And I said, yes, yes, I do. And he said, well, it's compulsory that you have to be part of this talent competition. And I said, mm-hmm, okay, um, I'm gonna pass. I wanna let you know that this went on for a good 20 minutes. It was 20 minutes of me saying no, him saying you have to, and just kind of going back and forth and him kind of blabbering on about this is an experience that I have to go through, etc. It came to the end of the conversation and I said, well, I'm just not gonna do it. I don't really feel confident enough to do that. And I was leaving the room and he said, well, if you don't do it, I'm gonna give you a detention. Mm-hmm, yeah, no, it was so bad. Like that was literally... That was the worst thing you could have said to me. I was in year seven. Reminder, reminder, I was in year seven. Getting a detention in year seven was like the worst thing that could have happened. I thought that would go on my criminal record, bitch. Like this is serious. So I said, oh shit, he's put out the detention card. As if I'm doing anything wrong, just trying to keep my pride. Anyway, I crumble and I say, okay, what am I singing? I choose to sing rather be by jess glynn and no i don't want to hear any laughter from the crowd thank you very much because it was the song of the summer no it was the day comes around and i'm screaming at this point the music teacher comes into one of my lessons throughout the day and says kit can you meet me in the assembly hall at lunchtime and i was like christ what's going on here you know lunchtime rolls up i'm now in the assembly hall like i meant to be because i'm following orders yeah i'm in year seven a reminder if this was year 11 i would not have arrived i would have been outside eating lunch the assembly hall was right next to the lunch hall but it was divided by those doors that slide across so you couldn't see into the assembly hall but mama you could hear like i could hear the children eating lunch they were eating I get into the assembly hall and I see my music teacher standing on the stage. Now bear in mind, straight after lunch is fifth period and I'm gonna be singing. So I needed this time to like, you know, prepare myself for this moment. And he's taken it away from me to practice. And not only just practice singing, he pulled out a microphone. A microphone attached to the speakers, the surround sound speakers in the hall, which you could hear in the dining room. So he calls me up on stage and I'm like, God, I feel like I'm in bloody Hunger Games and I've been called up by my district. So I get up on stage and I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna sing into the microphone. And he said, yes, you are. You need to practice. I said, go practice what? I'm just singing. And I was like, no, I feel too nervous. I don't want people to hear me, blah, blah, blah. And he then says, what's the worst that could happen? They realize it's you singing. He gets the microphone puts it to his mouth and says, this is Kit Costello singing Rather Be by Clean Bandit. It's loud. Everyone in the dining hall who is listening can now hear that it's gonna be me singing. Honestly, I can't remember if I sung on the microphone. I, I, I wouldn't think that I would have, but I think I just practiced like a verse with him. Anyway, fifth period rolls around. It's now time for me to go up to sing. There are children before me, there are children after me. I'm somewhere placed in the middle. Quite a good spot because, you know, I'm not going first, I'm not going last. The track started playing. DJ hit the track. No, the track started playing and everyone started cheering because reminder, this is the song of the summer. So instantly, now there's pressure to this. I need to get this completely correct because the children love the song apparently. So I start singing the song. I'm singing, I'm singing, I'm singing and then I get a random standing ovation. And then the next day, the results come in and I've won. I won the talent competition for my year. I guess what my music teacher was saying was correct, that this is an experience that 
I would miss out on. If anything, I'm talking about it right now on my podcast and it's kind of funny because it's Kit Law. No, it is. He knew that it had to be added to the law book. However, the way that he went about it was completely wrong. You shouldn't force your students to sing with a bloody detention threat. So in conclusion, I would say I'm happy I did it. But yeah, I won a singing competition. No, I didn't. I won a talent competition in my year. Let's go on to the next piece of kit law. I bunked off of lessons in school. To bunk off of lessons in school, I used to just always go to the medical office. Do I condone bunking off of lessons? Honestly, I don't know. Like, that's your business. I'm not gonna say, because there's so many reasons as to why you might want to bunk off of a lesson. Mine were that, it was never that I haven't done my homework. When I was bunking off of lessons, it was more from like year nine onwards. I go, I'm not bunking off of year seven lessons. What am I doing? Watching Romeo and Juliet in English lesson? Like, give me a break. I'm not bunking off of that. Like that's, that's cinema. Like I'm not gonna miss that. From year nine onwards, it was just stressful. I really hated reading in class. So when I'd be in a class from year nine onwards where I thought I'd have to read out, I would try my best to bunk off of it. Not every single one, obviously, but just like here and there, like I knew when we were gonna be reading and I knew that I didn't have to be in that class, you know? I would go to the medical office, mm mm-hmm, and I would just, I would sit in there. Is this bad of me? Yeah, no it is. I'm not gonna sit here and say this is a good thing, but me and the medical lady, That's my fucking bestie. The medical lady was an older woman, more mature, some may say. She had like white hair. She always had a little cardigan on with her dress. She almost was very like Judge Judy vibes in the way that she would talk to the other students. So students would come in and she'd quiz them on why they felt ill. They would tell her and she would quiz them. How do you feel when did this start? And she would just catch them out lying constantly. Now I would come in, say I had a stomach ache and she'd be like, oh, sit down. And I'd be in there for half the day. I think she loved me. Like, I think I was her child. We would sit down and we would just gossip. She was my best friend at that school. Not to get like deep or anything. I like grew up on a farm. So I was constantly surrounded by masculine energy. And I felt like I didn't really fit in here. And then I was sent to an all boys Catholic rugby school where it was just complete masculine energy. And I of course didn't fit in there. So this medical lady really felt like a form of escapism for me. And I think she kind of knew that. I wasn't bunking off every single lesson, but I was going to her probably once a week. So that's like one lesson a week. And honestly, like who cares? I passed all my GCSEs except for art. This is a huge piece of kit law that I'm dropping right now in the middle of this story, but let me get into it. I now know why I failed art GCSE. It's because my art GCSE was awful. We had the topic of natural forms and I drew Ariana Grande. A moment of silence, please. But my takeaway from it was like, this is a unique perspective. No one else is gonna be drawing a human. Everyone's drawing rocks. I'm drawing Ariana Grande because she's a natural form. She is, she's a human. My teacher was really camp and she just laughed at the idea. And we would also just talk about Drag Race all the time. I remember she slipped into conversation once about Drag Race. And I remember at the time being like, oh, I've never heard of that. I don't, I don't know, I, I rebuke this. And then the next day I came in and I was like, I've watched, at the time I think it was like seven seasons out. I was like, I've watched every single season. And we would just quote Drag Race to each other across the room. And none of the other kids would understand, but we'd be laughing to each other. And it was really, really cute. But yeah, I, I failed my art GCSE. It's the only one that I thought I was gonna pass but it's the only one that I failed. I guess that's like a short bit of law of the time I failed my RGCSE. Back to me bunking off lessons in medical. 
Um, I remember there was a specific day where I came down and she'd bring in a tea, she'd bring me a hot water and we would just sit and talk. That was the day I stayed down there all day. All day. She was a great lady and I really appreciated her. And this is a really sweet story, I think. We've talked about secondary school. Let's get into sixth form. A massive, huge part of kit law is that when I was 16, I moved from an all-boys Catholic rugby school to a non-religious mixed school. This was major! This was major in the KCCU, the Kit Costello Cinematic Universe. Because you have to think, the only time I was hanging out with girls was outside of school. So going to a sixth form where there were girls, it felt like I was constantly out of school. Because I had not a great time in secondary school and I didn't really enjoy it that much. I knew I just wanted to go to sixth form just to enjoy myself, to get that school experience I never had. I said to myself, you're gonna enjoy sixth form, so you're gonna pick subjects that you enjoy. So I did film studies, food technology, and photography. It was the big three. But I have a couple of stories about this school that I really wanna get into. Since we were talking about bunking, let's talk about the time I got caught bunking at my sixth form. So in sixth form, the rules are more flexible. The ages are like 16 to 18, so you're starting to mature, you're starting to become adults. When you would have a free period in sixth form, you were advised to revise. But if you had a free period before lunch or before home time, you could leave to either get lunch or go home with the promise that you would sign out using the sign out book so that adults knew where the children were at all times. I remember on the first day of sixth form, our head of year sat us down as a year group and told us a story about a group of friends that didn't sign out using the book and went out, bunked off of school, went to the local cafe and got caught by the fire alarm because, you know, the fire alarm went off and then they weren't there and they hadn't signed out so they got caught bunking. This exact thing happened to me and a group of my friends. So let me set the scene. So it was about halfway through the first year of sixth form, I think. Me and my friends were like, let's just go out and get some breakfast. We all have freeze. We weren't really bunking off of lessons, but oh no, we were. Oh no, we were. We were bunking off of lessons. What was I bunking off of? It was probably film studies. I think one of my friends wasn't feeling too well. Something had happened and we all said, okay, let's just leave school and kind of console this friend while we get, you know, a nice little fry up at the cafe. So we go and we don't sign out. I'm enjoying my vegetarian fry up. My friend gets a call from our other friend who is still at school and they say, there's a fire drill. Everyone screams, everyone moves. But we're kind of like, oh, they're joking because, you know, we'd kind of joke to each other that there'd be a fire drill if any of us were out. It was kind of the boy that cried wolf kind of thing. So we were kind of hoping it was a joke. It wasn't. We stop everything, we stop eating, we get up and we start running. We start running so quickly back to the school. As we're running toward the school, we can start to hear the fire bell closer and closer and closer. And then I start seeing people walking out of school and I'm screaming at this point. I'm thinking, oh shit, they're walking out of school. That means it's all done. Everyone's lined up, they've been registered and now people are starting to walk out to literally go home because they know that there's not gonna be another fire bell and they won't get caught basically. We turn up and I think it was now lunchtime and I remember our head of year spots us and points towards us. My heart sings. I walk towards him and he's like, you're, you're, you're gonna get a really big telling off. You're gonna get a really big telling off. We got a detention and an email home. I was like, girl, was it worth it? Was it worth my vegetarian fry up? No, it wasn't. I mean, honestly, looking back, we should have just signed out. 
we should have just signed out. Like, it's not that serious. But we did miss a lesson for it. But I also ended up dropping film studies. I really sound like a complete failure at school. But school just wasn't my vibe, you know? I don't think that makes me a bad person. Because for me, it wasn't really about learning stuff for tests. It was just memorizing stuff. I wasn't learning anything. I guess, you know, when you learn the basics of maths, of English, etc., that stuff sticks. But a lot of the stuff for me, it just wasn't sticking. So I dropped film studies, famously. And this leads me on to the sixth form offering me a queer ally careers advisor. I had just dropped film studies. I remember the second year of sixth form, which is our last year, sixth form is only for two years. I remember going to my head of year and saying, I've got to drop film studies like ASAP. All the subjects that I had chosen had very intense coursework. I was doing photography, food technology, and film studies. I had to write a film for film studies. Like what the, what is going on? It was a sensible thing to do. I wasn't doing it to be lazy. I was doing it so that I would get good grades in my other two courses. So I go to him on the first day of sixth form and I say, I've got to drop film. I can't do this. It's not good for me. It's not gonna work. So I guess that happened in September and I dropped an A-level. You guys, I dropped an A-level just before we broke up for COVID. If I'd stuck on, if I'd held on for like another two weeks, I would have got like a passable grade. But you know, famously I'm stubborn. Who knew that bloody, you know, pandemic was gonna hit? No one. I guess it was around February. I said, listen, I've got to drop film. I ended up actually not even going to my film lessons because I knew I was going to drop it and it was just wasting my time. But in that time, I was doing my photography and my food. I was catching up. There was so much work to be done. And he was like, okay, well, we've got to send you to a careers advisor because we don't know what you're going to do. So the day of the careers advisor comes around and I have to see her during lunchtime. I sit down with her and we're in a room just together, just me and her. And we get to talking and she's like, so what are you doing? Like, what are your plans? What do you want to be when you're older? And at the time I was doing YouTube. Yeah, famously. And she was like, well, YouTube careers only last up to like four to six years. And I was like, okay, great. Love this for me. Just, you know, ruin my dreams. We continue talking and she's given me options of stuff to do. And I think she told me to become a teacher. And I was like, girl, it's no. But halfway through the conversation, she stops. She looks at me and she says, can I ask you a personal question? And nothing good could come out of her mouth after she's asked me this. So I kind of pause, I take a beat and I say, yeah, sure, of course. And she says, are you homosexual? And I'm just like, oh Christ, this is not the time. I was like, this is so this is so inappropriate. Like you should not be asking a student if they are gay or not. And honestly, I think she asked me this because she just given up trying to give me suggestions on careers because the next thing that she said was, have you ever been to Heaven Nightclub? The way I rolled my eyes, the way I sat back in that chair and I said, Ma'am, I'm 17 years old. I literally haven't even had a taste of alcohol yet. You think I'm going to Heaven Nightclub in central London? Absolutely not. I was like, no, I haven't been to Heaven Nightclub. And she was like, oh, you should go, you should go. I go with my daughter all the time. It's a great, it's, it's great. And I was like, okay, cool. I, I love this for you. This is incredibly inappropriate. And that was the end. That was it. She, she gave me no advice. I think she just said, you know, become a teacher. And then I think I left. I told all my friends and they were like, that is so inappropriate. She should not have been telling you to go to heaven as a 17 year old. 
Okay, so I think that was quite substantial lore for today. We've done the first chapter. Sorry that it was kind of like sporadic stories. I promise in, a, in future episodes, I will just be discussing a singular topic and just talking about it fluidly rather than having story, then story, then story. But I just wanted these first two episodes, I just wanted you guys to get to know me slightly better so that I can reference these stories in the future and you're not just completely blindsided by them. But before this episode ends, I have a question to answer. I've decided that I want to just answer one question per episode. I think that's more of a sleigh so that I can just focus on it. And I actually got asked this question and I think it's very relevant, especially to the last story that I told you. The question is, if you weren't a model, what would you be doing now? I've actually talked about this recently with my friends and I think that if I wasn't a model, I would be training to become a therapist. I really love giving advice. I give quite balanced advice. So I definitely think a therapist would be up there. Also, I think that I would be focusing a lot more on directing. I definitely want to direct in my future. I have a screenplay that I'm writing at the moment, which is really fun. I definitely think that I would be focusing a lot more on directing and the film side of stuff like behind the camera rather than in front of. But right now I'm really enjoying obviously being in front of the camera. And also I found out the other day um, a job called consulting, which I don't know if this is completely correct, but if you have an idea you go to your consultant about it and then they just kind of like give you advice and give you business and marketing advice. I don't know if that's completely correct, but I think I would like to do something like that. I love giving business advice, especially like social media business advice because I've like grown up on social media. I've had a YouTube channel since I was like 12 years old. I don't have one now, but I used to. I think it was a coping mechanism throughout school. It was just my outlet of like creativity and like communities that were on YouTube. I was doing like gaming YouTube for a while. So I definitely learned a lot about branding through there and how to keep up a brand and how to appease an audience, etc. But definitely I think consulting, directing and being a therapist. Maybe that's in the cards. Maybe after I feel like I've accomplished everything that I've wanted to do in modeling, I'll become a director a therapist and a consultant like maybe I will but for now I'll continue being a model with a podcast thank you so much for listening to this episode of self-interrupted I really appreciate it as always it really means a lot to me again I can't believe that we really charted I know it's kind of a meme that it was on some like random charts but it means so much to me thank you so much genuinely you can follow me on Instagram if you want to see my modeling photos it's at kit.costello you can submit your questions and story times and what you've been up to this week on my website kitcanbeinteresting.com also please rate the podcast five stars if you're on spotify please leave a review on apple Podcasts. maybe even leave your questions in the apple podcast reviews so that i can read them out and then also read your name as well but yeah thank you so much for listening i hope you have a great week sending so much love much love as always kit <laughs> <laughs>